Section 8 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Massachusetts, Monday, 21. We dined at Mr. Turpin's in Providence and came on to Joseph Guild's in Attleboro, making a journey of about 26 miles. Next day, after a heavy, hungry, weary, dusty ride, we reached Boston. I closed the labors of the day by a sermon from First Peter, and had two Baptist and three Methodist preachers to hear me. It was an open time. Wednesday, 23. At Lynn I spoke on Hosea 10:12. Thursday, 24. We reached Marblehead. Brother Whitecoat preached. I gave an exhortation. Our audience, chiefly females, nearly filled the room. Mr. Bowler is our good friend, but not a brother, in lending his own house, and assisting us largely in building ours for the worship of God. Friday 25. We rode round the tomb of that old prophet of the Lord, George Whitfield. We stopped at the Sisters Eaton's in Salisbury, and allow ourselves to have made six hundred and twenty miles. New Hampshire. In Newburyport are great improvements, and beautiful houses in and around. As in Boston, everything thrives but religion. Saturday, 26. At Salisbury, Brother Whitecoat gave us a lecture on 1 John 5, 4. Sunday, 27. We had a love feast at Jemima Eaton's a sermon at the meeting-house, and administered the sacrament. I spoke on Zechariah 12.10. Brother Watcote in the afternoon from 2 Corinthians 5.20. Joshua Taylor preached in the evening. It was hard labor, and by no means agreeable to me to preach in other people's houses, to which I may add that I was under bodily and spiritual infirmity. It is our duty to suffer and to serve, and it is true that we submit to the one and will, by grace, do the other. We feel the prejudices of the people. They may think we wish to invade their rights, but they are mistaken, for I would rather preach under a tree. Monday 28 We came away in haste to Greenland, breakfasted, resumed our journey, passing through Berwick, and brought up at Deacon Clark's in Wells. And thus one day's ride of fifty-one miles brought us across the state of New Hampshire. District of Maine, Tuesday, 29. We stopped at Falmouth in the District of Maine, and within sight of Portland. Although we rode thirty miles, I was obliged to preach. My subject was Second Timothy 4, 7. Wednesday, 30. We had a racking ride of about forty-five miles to Monmouth. Our breakfast we took at Gray, and dined with Mr. Bradbury at New Gloucester. Thursday, July 1. Our conference continued three days. We held it in the upper room of Sewell Prescott's house. We had fifteen members and nine probationers. The married preachers who came deficient to our conference received about $120. The single brethren about $62 and the probationers a small donation of $2 each, 
which came from far. We had three sermons. The whole of my doing was to read two letters, exhort a little, and examine the deacons, Samuel Hillman, John Gove, Gilman Moody, and Joseph Baker, whom Brother Watcoat ordained. The business of our conference was conducted in great peace and order. I can rejoice that by supplies from Baltimore and New York conferences, added to those of the District of Maine and of Boston, we have a goodly number of faithful, zealous young men. In seven conferences we have taken upon trial sixty-seven probationers. Sunday 4 We concluded with a love-feast sacrament and the ordination of five elders, to wit, Comfort Smith, Epaphras Kibley, Daniel Webb, Asa Heath, and Reuben Hubbard. They kneeled outside at the door of the house, and received the imposition of hands from myself and the elders present. May they open the door of the Church of God in discipline, and the way to heaven, by preaching the gospel. Five sermons were preached through the day. The women chiefly occupied the inside, whilst the men stood without. It was an open time, and some felt the word. Of the multitude congregated on the occasion, allowed to be between two and three thousand, we hope many went away profited. Monday 5. We came off early and in haste, breakfasted at Mr. Herrick's in Lewistown, crossed Androscoggin River at the falls, dined at Mr. Ramsdale's in Gray, and brought up at Mr. Baker's in Falmouth, having made forty-five miles. New Hampshire, Tuesday 6. We passed through Scarborough, Seco, Kennebunk, Wells, Berwick, and Summersworth, which last is in New Hampshire. Thence onward through Dover, Madbury, Lee, and Epping. Thursday 8. We held a meeting at Captain Fogg's in Epping. My subject was Titus 2, 2. George Pickering spoke in the evening from 1 Corinthians 15, 34. After preaching, we rode twelve miles to Hawk. On our route next day to Waltham, we passed through Kingston, Plasto, Haverhill, Andover, Wilmington, Woburn, Lexington, and Lincoln, nearly completing another thousand miles. We shall have a great opening in New Hampshire, and a district formed there in a few years. Massachusetts I crossed New Hampshire from Saybrook to Berwick, a distance of thirty miles, and recrossed from Berwick to Plasto, a distance of forty miles. The native products of the soil are the spruce, pine, cedar, birch, oak, ash. It is a rich lumber country, well watered, with fine streams for sawmills. The face of the earth is not pleasing, but it is well improved. The prospects for Indian corn are good, the clover fields luxuriant, and the meadows beautiful. The dwellings are handsome, and the meeting houses stand within sight of each other. Haverhill Bridge engaged my attention. It is thrown across the Merrimack River by three arches, a distance of probably 1,600 feet. I also saw the Grand Canal, 
designed principally to float lumber from the Merrimack to Boston. For about 27 miles they have rocks and swamps and hills to wind and labor through. Nevertheless, they can draw a raft of great length along, after passing the locks, which admit about 70 feet at a time. They link the disparted fragments together again and move forward. This navigation will be a vast source of wealth to the country, as well as a great convenience in the passage outward and inward of domestic and foreign products of every species, and it will, doubtless, also be profitable to the company. Saturday 10. I rested, fasted, and wrote a little. I have passed so rapidly along that lately I have had time only for ordinary and common exercises. Mr. Bemis's family is singularly blessed in four successive generations. Elder Pickering's two children, a son called Francis Asbury, and a daughter named Maria, make the fourth. Sabbath 11. I spent the Sabbath at Walton. I preached on Matthew 7, 14, and again on Galatians 1, 3, 4. My sensations were not very pleasant, and the young people seemed very wild. There was an old drunkard, too, who stood up and spoke once and again. Perhaps they will behave better the next Sabbath I give them. I feel that fasting at my time of life if only once a month, brings on such a dejection of spirits I can hardly bear up under it. I have had lately two official cordials, ironically speaking. They know how to come at me, although four or five hundred miles distant. Lord, help me to do and suffer all I ought to do and suffer for Thee, Thy Church, and ministers. Monday 12. We came through Needham. George Pickering stopped to demand the church rates taken from the Methodists, amounting to $100 or upwards. This is to pay the independent ministers, whose forefathers fled from Episcopal tyranny. Yet, be it known unto all men, their children's children are risen up and glory in supporting the gospel according to law. Happy the descendants who condemn not themselves by doing that which their ancestors disallowed. We lodged at Mr. Stern's at Milford. Tuesday 13. We came upon the turnpike road through to Thompson. I was told that Mr. Dow, an independent minister, had relinquished his legal claim of salary, trusting to the willing minds of the public, who gave him more by voluntary subscription. Connecticut. I had to preach at Nichols' meeting house, but being taken with a bilious headache, I said but little. My subject was Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Wednesday 14. I rode to Captain Lyons in Canterbury. After dinner, I continued on over the rocks and hills to Wyndham. We had a meeting at Robinson's. I was able to preach upon Isaiah 55. 6-7. Here God had wrought, and the people appeared to be very lively. Thursday 15. We scaled the hills of rocks, passing through Lebanon, 
and stopped at Joseph Bass's. Here will be the beginning of a society. We came to Hebron. Brother Burroughs attended me. The traveling preachers cannot leave their appointments. At four o'clock in the evening, our new house in Hebron was consecrated. The subject on this occasion was chosen from Exodus 20, 24. It was an open time. Friday 16. We rode to the city of Hartford, stopping at a brother's house upon Glastonbury Hills, and at Mr. Spencer's, and at Squire Pitkin's. We talked and prayed. It was all that we could do and pushed on to Winstead. We lodged with Dr. Lind. Saturday, 17. We came up the Turnpike Road to New Hartford, upon the banks of Farmington River. Saturday, 17, and Sunday, 18. We held quarterly meeting, Litchfield Circuit. The Sabbath-day congregation was small, owing to the rain after the great heat. I spoke from Second Thessalonians 3, 1. We had feeling times and hearts, and a living love feast. In heat and in haste, we rode on to Colonel Burles, in Canaan, and there lodged. Monday, 19. We came on to Brother Churches, near the falls of Housatonic River. Our route led us through Salisbury and Sharon, across the line into the state of New York. New York. At Sharon and at Lewis's, we called in. From the eastern to the western line of Connecticut, that is, from Thompson to Sharon, I calculate the distance to be 130 miles. It cannot exceed 140 miles. At Rhinebeck, I make up 4,000 miles, and have 100 in advance towards the 5,000 I shall have made since the last of July, 1801. Of the little time we have, may be judged by the length of our rides, day after day. Yet, at this speed must I go to meet the conferences, and visit the principal societies. My soul is at times greatly drawn out in prayer. Tuesday 20 We rested at Traveler's Rest, upon the solitary banks of Hudson, with my dear friends Freeborn Gerritsen, and his prudent, pious wife. We have heat, heat, great heat. Wednesday 21 I preached upon 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It was an ordination sermon at the setting apart of Billy Hibbert to the office of an elder. It is exceeding warm, and the zenith of harvest, yet we had a congregation. Thursday 22 I had to tear myself away from these precious souls. I do believe God dwells in this house, Traveler's Rest. We came on to Fishkill and fed. A poor, intoxicated creature had sense enough left to insult us and curse the Methodists. After feeding at Brother Warren's, we made another push over the hills of Peekskill and came to Governor Van Cortlandt's. I received great kindness from this family. We have made 48 miles this day. Friday 23 I came gently along down, 
having an admirable view of the North River, the indents and projections of its lofty and beautiful banks. I called on Brother Anderson, and was exceedingly well treated. For twenty-two miles we had excessive heat. I came to Captain Requa's by surprise, but I was not therefore made the less welcome. Religion revives in New Rochelle Circuit. They have general prayer meetings, and good seasons of grace. That is the way. Saturday 24 I came into New York about two o'clock, and escaped heavy rain. My soul hath been sweetly stayed upon God whilst riding alone. I have received a confirmation of the death of my mother, who died January 6, 1802. Of the particulars of her last moments I received no certain account, but I learned that a certain Mr. Emery has taken all her property. I am comforted with good news from several quarters. Persecution has ceased in Charleston, and the Africans are growing in grace. Our society in Philadelphia becomes more united, and there are good appearances in Old Brunswick Circuit, Virginia. Sabbath 25 In New York I preached at the Old Church, John Street, on Revelations 3, 17-20, at three o'clock at the Bowery Church on Isaiah 55, 6, 7, at the African Church at six o'clock in the evening on 1 Thessalonians 1, 5. It rained at times through the day, which prevented more from attending. It was a day of life to me. Monday, 26. I had to wait in the boat, tormented by heat and flies. Still worse for my poor brute, who made an attempt to leap out into the bay. Had she been loose, and myself at a distance, poor Jane would probably have been overboard. It came into my mind that we had preached, and should yet preach to little purpose in Newark. This I mentioned to Mr. Leecraft, with whom I dined in New York in company with Parson Ogden. He had thought of building a house, and a small one Parson Ogden thought he might well do himself, and then we might have a church. New Jersey I stopped at Mr. Crowell's in Elizabethtown, and came on to Mr. Platt's, Rahway. Tuesday 27 I stopped in Brunswick at Drake's, and then pushed on, sultry as it was, and made it thirty-eight miles to Joseph Hutchinson's. With his new house, new wife, will he not by and by want a new lease of his life? Wednesday 28. I stopped at Crosswick's. I felt proper sick, but I was soon relieved by vinegar and water. My friend Hewlett Hancock housed me for the night. I found my dear sister Hancock feeble and unwell, but she soon grew better, and at family prayer she praised the Lord with a loud voice. Thursday 29. I stopped at Burlington, had a word or two with my friends, and we commended each other to God in prayer. I came on in haste and sickening heat to Mr. Manley's Traveler's Rest, arriving about twelve o'clock. The fever has reappeared in Philadelphia. I hear great times have been known in Dover. 
above 150 souls have felt the operations of divine grace at the annual meeting upon the day of Pentecost, and great times also at the Milford quarterly meeting. I thought to have remained with my friend Manley, and take a short breathing spell. Other friends wished to have me in the city, and came to bring me in, but I besought them to let me stay until Sabbath morning. On Sunday morning, according to appointment, I preached for the first time in the college church, or academy. My subject was Exodus twenty twenty four. After sermon, we had sacrament. We had seriousness and attention. In the afternoon, I preached at St. George's. A gust came up, and few attended. In the evening, I rode out to Mr. Manley's. Monday, August 2. I took a serious leave, with fears for the health of the city, and a mind impressed with concern for the church. We were overtaken by rain before we reached Chester. After dinner with Mrs. Withy, I desired Mr. Manley, who had very kindly come with me thus far, to return. I proceeded on to Wilmington through the rain, and lodged with Allen M. Lane. Maryland, Tuesday 3. I resumed my journey south, came as far as Isaac Hersey's, dined with him, went on to Brother George's, halted a while, moved forward again, and brought up for the night with Brother Howell in Charlestown. Wednesday 4. I crossed the Susquehanna, dined with Mr. Smith, and reached Perry Hall in the evening. Here my creature consolation was in part gone. Mr. and Mrs. Goff were absent at Bath. Nevertheless, Mrs. Carroll was here, and not less attentive than her mother. Last year my soul travailed for her health, and soul's salvation. She is brought to the experimental knowledge of God, and I rejoice over her. I have one day I can call my own. I write, I read, I think, and refit for the mountains. My mind is in great peace, and has so been kept in all my labors. And my trials, which come from almost every point of the compass, shall be as various winds to waft me to the haven of rest. Saturday 7. I came to Baltimore through excessive warmth, and lodged with Emmanuel Kent. The wife of our brother Samuel Coates had a daughter born to her, whom I baptized, naming her Sophia. Sabbath 8. I preached in Light Street Chapel on Revelations 2, 1 through 5. As the weather was changeable, I had another appointment in the house. My subject was Philippians 2, 14, 15. Do all things without murmurings or disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke. First, it was observed how Christians are brought into the relation of sons of God. Second, the duties and privileges of that relation. Third, the purity and sincerity the subjects of this relation are called to experience. Fourth, that murmurings either towards God or good or bad men, ought to be avoided, and perverse disputings cautiously guarded against. And in all duties, sufferings, and discipline, true Christian meekness and forbearance 
should be manifested. After a thunder gust, the evening cleared away and became serene. I preached at the Howard's Hill Market House at five o'clock to multitudes of people from Isaiah 55, 6-7, and thus ended the duties of the day. Monday 9. I rode to Robert Carnan's. Still intense heat. Next day I breakfasted at Charles Carnan's, in company with Nelson Reed and wife, Joshua Wells, and James M. Cannon. The evening found me at Henry Willis's, Pipe Creek. On Wednesday I made an improvement on Deuteronomy 10.12. We only had what people could receive notice in the morning. One woman professed to find pardon and peace, and came forward to baptism, presenting her child also. Thursday 12. I visited Alexander Warfield's family, and next day came on to James Higgins's, and preached there from 1 Timothy 2, 1-4. On Saturday morning I rode over to see Robert Owings's family, and was comforted in finding one of his children, Miranda Evans, professing to have found redemption. May this be a solid work, and an earnest for the whole family. In the evening I went up to Stephen Shalmerdings. My mind hath been blessed with great consolation. I rejoiced to find the work of God spreading and growing in Frederick Circuit, under the ministry of Curtis Williams and Fielding Parker. Sabbath 15 at Fredericktown, I once more spoke. My subject was 1 Corinthians 1, 23-24. Here then, at last, after more than thirty years' labor, we have a house of worship, and thirty souls or upwards in fellowship. In speaking this morning, I had some assistance, and I labored. Some thoughts passed in my mind of going to the courthouse steps at five o'clock, but I changed my mind as there were three preachers in town, to wit, our brothers Williams, Higgins, and Matthews, I assigned them the duty, in the hope that their superior zeal and faith may be the means of converting some souls to God at the close of the Sabbath. Monday 16. We held evening meeting at Samuel Phillips's. I spoke from Philippians 4, 6. Sister Phillips is gone. She was a daughter of affliction for many years, and died in peace about seven weeks ago. I thought when I saw her last I should see her no more in time. And Snethan preached her funeral sermon, the text she herself had chosen. On Tuesday we came through heat and over the hills, to Shepherdstown, Virginia. I found Thomas Boydstone and Benjamin Boydstone and his wife on the road to glory. After thirty years' occasional preaching in this place, we have a small society, and by the purchase of an old academy, a church, with two chimneys in it. End of section 8. Recording by Brian Keenan.